Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an also an online presence. If you want more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at MovieSucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Especially oh, yeah. me down here in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, real quick, before we start the show, uh, well, this is Movie Sucktastic, by the way. Uh, we talk about movies a lot. But uh, I'm on our, our YouTube page, and I don't see anything streaming. What? Yeah. I don't, uh, oh, for Christ's sakes. Not to hold everybody up. What did you do? <laughs> I, what did I do? Yeah, what did you do? I, 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 che- I, I checked up. What did you do? I, I don't know what I did. <laughs> All right. Well, we're not we're not going live on YouTube right now, but whatever. We're it's supposed like, to be. I fixed I, it. If 
I'll, I'll keep checking while we're while we're recording. Anyway, welcome to Movie Sucktastic. Yeah. Uh, not those of you on YouTube, of course, but other people me watching the opening. <laughs> those in the future, uh, I was still looking. I, I thought it was just a delay. Uh, this is Movie Sucktastic. We've been out for a couple of weeks, but now we're back, and now we're going to review. Uh, um, oh, am I jumping the gun, Joey? Uh, what? <laughs> I was at, this is Joey. Yeah, this no, that is. that was Joey. Uh, yep. Say hi, Joey. Hi. And I'm Scott, and we're here to review movies. That's us. Uh, one one movie in particular today. Oh boy, this dog. Oh, nice. I like that. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I'm working on this stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, 1970. What are, what are we in now? 76. 75. 75. That's right. We're not 76 yeah. yet. Or, or or are we? Um. But uh, yeah, so uh, we are currently mar- marching slowly through the years, and uh, we're on seventy six. And I challenged no Joey challenged this to me. I did. And why did you do that, Joey? I've never seen this film. Okay. And uh, I've always wanted to actually watch this, uh, mm-hmm. and I just I've never gotten around to it. So I selfishly just kind of I don't know challenge it to you so i could watch it well i saw it once back in the 80s and uh back then uh getting a movie like this wasn't through you know commercial means so i had like a grainy copy of it and uh, i remember the film being well of course we're watching 1080p copies here but um i uh i remember being grainy and just ugly and that's all I remembered from it much. I, you know, I remembered bits and pieces of it from way back then. I'm familiar with the uh, Harlan Ellison short story and him. Um, <laughs> so it was a nice refresher for me, too. I hadn't seen it in so long. I, co- I couldn't have really quoted you much from it. And uh, having, re- having, having reread uh, the short story novella as well um, recently before you challenged it to me really gave me some perspective on it. Yeah, I, and you know what? Um, I I really I went into this blind. I knew nothing about. It. I just knew it was post apocalyptic, and that was it. I didn't know that the dog could talk to him telepathically. I knew none of that. Um, and the, what I actually liked, um, I'll figure out the streaming shit later. <laughs> um, uh, what I actually did like is. I did like the interaction between him and the dog, and it did feel because I didn't, I did not get a chance to read um, the novella that you that you. You're not missing me. much. No, I know, but I, I, I get the feeling that what I was seeing on screen was probably indicative of what you, for the most part, read. It's pretty close, and it, there's a couple, there's a couple of differences that are worth pointing out that I'll bring up later on, um, but I don't want to get into that now. Okay. Yeah. But, it, it definitely I, I, felt like I was watching, uh, uh, or at least the dialogue. It felt like it, it, it came out of the book. Yeah, I mean, there there are a lot of things about this film to like, especially in retrospect. I, I think the voice performance of the dog, which uh, apparently was uh, this, it was one of the dogs that they used for the Brady Bunch. Was it really? <laughs> yeah, I, I did my research, and he and he wasn't even credited in this film. No kidding. Yeah. There's a scene in the in the film where there's two dogs fighting, which, you know, I'm sure Hollywood did not give a shit about the two animals, because a lot of times they'll say, "Hey, these two dogs are fighting, but they're really playing." They'll do it in slow motion. 
these two dogs look like they were really fucking going at it. This this was the seventies. They weren't even protecting the actors. What are you talking about? That's what I'm getting at. I'm like, it's a different time. Definitely. <laughs> oh, uh, I, the reason I'm wearing the headset today. Yeah. Is because uh, one of my kittens chewed through the wire to my speakers. Oh, fantastic! So I couldn't use my uh, earbuds in the jack. Just want to explain why I got the cans on. Yeah, uh, we have a you new know, cat. A, we have a, a new twitch. cat who hasn't done anything like that yet. But uh, there's always time. I, with these headset, with the headset, I feel like I should be like playing Grand Theft Auto and and cracking jokes about it. Uh, yeah. Like the Twitch feed. I'm saying. I'm saying this is I, more... I, I get what you're saying. All right. Um, you know what's funny? The the actor that did the voice for the dog was mm-hmm. uh, what's something McIntyre. Let's see, what was his name? Tim McIntyre. And I couldn't help. You ever see the um, uh, the video that the, that they have going around the the Boston Robotics video no. where there's this robot and they like it's picking up a box and then the guy knocks the box out of it and then it picks it up again and uh they'll go and they'll kick the the robot over and it'll put it it'll uh you know pick itself back up and start walking you've never seen this video no it's fucking hilarious because the voiceover it was done comedically you know boston robotics i think it's boston robotics they released this video saying hey we're creating these robots that are you know that can do all these crazy things and somebody did a voiceover for it and the vo- guy that does the voiceover for the robot sounds exactly like the dog in this movie and i could not stop thinking about it i'll send you the video uh, okay. after the show it's actually quite good i'll be um, watching my inbox there there you go <laughs> um so the film opens up with uh, don johnson's character uh vic uh, actually what? it opens up to the opening credits with with a montage of nuclear explosions so you get the idea uh yeah it looks like okay. they filmed this if i had to guess somewhere out in the desert nevada arizona <laughs> um a new, new mexico the ozarks as a matter of fact i'll take a look at their filming locations and i haven't done that yet so I, i'm sure that's you know where it was alternate yeah. versions it says there's an alternate version no way yeah, there's some edits. Oh, uh, I, I don't find that to be. Well, when you talk about like international distribution. Yeah. You know. Um, oh, it's filmed entirely in California. Yeah, I can see California looking like that. Well, the approach now, uh, not not the not to jump into the literary angle of it right away, but in the in the in the book, it's primarily um, they're living in. Um, the wreckage of the last civilization. So, which um, is uh, when they go World to see- War Four. Four, correct. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, World War Three was just a traditional war. Yeah, and World War Four, I think they go through. Uh, they 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 make it known that it lasted like four or five days. Right. Well, yeah, because nuclear war. Yes. You know, you know, just let's underline that several times. If anybody didn't understand that <laughs> nuclear war was not a slow pl- plotting process. Because you know uh, what, this is the, growing up, this is the 70s, with know? us growing up as kids, um, and even in the seventies, they were we were always told that World War Three would be a nuclear war, and and would happen soon. Yeah, and you should prepare. Yeah, no, we lived under the the mushroom cloud. Oh, definitely. I, I mean, think like with we, the Cold War in the eighties, it, it, it we were you know kids today they go through drills, you know, uh, 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 
you know, active shooter drills and whatnot, which is disgusting. Yeah. We were well, going through like nuclear war, like hide under your desk or getting right. getting a door jam kind of drills. Yeah, and, and I've always held that up as see my scarred childhood, and then I kind of realized later in life that you know I, I'm holding up the fear of like a, a fictional war that hasn't happened as my childhood scarring, and I'm like a generation after people that actually lived through a real war, right? <laughs> and had actual, you know, legitimate fears of things that were happening around them, and I'm like, oh, but this fictional thing that scared me, come on. <laughs> And then, just because uh, it's just because it could possibly happen doesn't make it less fictional. Just like in this film and in the novel, in, in the novella, um, JFK either survived the assassination or wasn't assassinated. I guess what goes hand in hand. And and he, I think he went on the, for three terms. I think it was more than that, actually. If I remember the the opening titles, it, it, you might be right with three, but it was definitely I, more than should be. More, yeah, more than allowed. Yeah. More than Trump thought he was going to get. <sighs> Let's not go there. <laughs> uh, that was actually po- neither positive nor negative. I guess that's true. I just that uh, you could you could air that on any. Uh, it's just a factual statement. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I think both sides would agree with that. I think so. Uh, I, I remain neutral. There you go. It's just like Switzerland. <laughs> um, I'm sick of the Swiss. So the film opens up with that, and then it does open up into the wasteland. Um, oh yeah. So just just to cap what I was saying, so oh. they're living in the so like the in the movie scene in the film, uh, in the book in the novella, it um it's actually a real movie theater like that survived the bombing in the ruins of the city. So, but where this film, since we're talking about seventies with low budget, they decided to to say that everything just was buried under like ten ten feet of dirt from the explosions. Uh, yeah, they did mention that. Um, well, they they don't mention it. The the film shows you. Yeah, it just, it just shows you it's all dirty and grimy, and it's just. It, and that's one thing I like about the film is that um, while it's it on the surface it seems very expositional, but they really don't explain too much. They have to explain the history, and they have that through the dog teaching Don Johnson history, which I believe happened in real life too. And <laughs> it, uh, but they really don't go try to explain a lot of things it's just there and you're supposed to pick it up or kind of glean from it uh well like Vic's character uh i don't think they mention it but i think it's mentioned in in the novella that he's uneducated um and that the dog is very intelligent and educated and that's why and teaching him and exactly right. and he's teaching yeah, him it, all these things and he's you know the thing is they need each other to survive they make right. that known um, yeah. Vic really likes to, uh, he, he likes sex and the dog has this well, knack for sniffing out women. Let, let's, let's, let's circle back to that whole, he likes sex thing, because that's an important part of this film. Well, he rapes women. <laughs> he, he, he's a big rapey McRaperson. Yes. Y- yes, and, he and is. Th- that's going to come into play at the end, at, near the end of our discussion. I have something about that. Okay. He didn't really rape anybody. It's more just about... No, they don't show that in the film at all, but it is alluded to uh, because... Yeah, cool. I, not even alluded to. I think he, he actually goes along the lines. He goes, I haven't had sex in three weeks. And then they kind of have a going back and forth where he just talks about taking women, you know, as, as he wants. He just, he just takes them. So, right. oh, obviously, yeah. he's raping them. You just mm-hmm. have to decipher what he's saying, and it's not that hard. 
and, and in the novella, he, there's no skirting around that. Because like, I have, you know, it's a, you know, raping. Rape comes up. It's called rape. There's no, like, allusions to it. It's just, yeah, rape. Rapity, rape, rape, rape. Rapity, rape, rape, rape. Yeah. He, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, find me my next rape victim. That is, 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 is a line from. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? No, not literally. No, now, now I'm, I'm off the cuff, but it, it, it's pretty much that. Well, he does in the film. He does say, "I haven't had sex in three weeks. You better find me a woman soon." Like he goes yeah. through uh, those kind of emotions when he's talking to uh, Blood, well, which is the name when of the he dog, finds, which is a weird find... name for a dog, but that's the dog's name. Yeah. Blood. Well, he's a war dog. He is a war dog. Yeah. So war horse. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, I had a flashback. Yeah, he um, just had to do it. But I keep stepping on you. Uh, we, no. meet the, we meet the boy and the dog, and they're in the wasteland, and they're surviving. Right. And the, mo- the movie's only 90 while, minutes. Right. So while, while our hero is, is, is demanding the dog find him his next rape victim, they stumble <laughs> upon a young woman. They stumble upon a young woman, and they, they follow this... this, this uh, I guess this crew or crowd of people because the dog has sensed that there is a woman mum among them. And he, they, oh, they're at the movie theater. He senses her. At oh, the movie no, no, I'm theater. talking about, Oh, I thought you were talking about the scene before where he finds the mutilated woman. Oh, that, well, that's just, I mean, that's because they're following them because you know, no, the dog could sniff it out. You're right. It's very important that we, we underline the fact that our hero at one point finds a woman that was raped and murdered. And his com- complaint, his verbal complaint is, they didn't have to do that. She would have been good for four or five more times. Exactly, he said. This is this is wasteful. It's like I don't understand why they had to do that. And again, that's from the novel, and this is going to come up later. Okay. So, but then you're right. They end up going to. Uh, it's like an outdoor, like drive-in type scenario. Uh, Joey, this is the post-apocalypse. Everything's outdoor. Everything's outdoors. Um, so. They go and basically they're watching um, stag films. That is the entertainment for the evening. Our stag movies. See, in in the book at least they showed two real, although fake, because it's an alternate universe at that point, films. And then they, the third feature was the stag film. Oh, that's all they were watching in this. Yeah, which I which I, I guess you know, maybe this. Maybe they they couldn't show all three features. I mean, that'd be a long movie. So I no. guess they had to pick well, one. It, and it that's could be cut and edited a certain way no. where you can get the notion that they've watched more than one thing. It's a quibble, but it's an understandable quibble. Of so course. I, I mean, continue. that scene goes on for 15 minutes. No, it can go on for a couple. Uh, but anyway, mm-hmm. you're right. So they're watching these films and the dog, Blood, he can, he's like, there is a woman here. And Vic is basically saying, well, where? And he goes, points her out. And it's she's dressed like a boy, and you know the hair's tied up, the hat to, av- to avoid the raping of to avoid the raping, of course. So uh, Vic and Blood proceed to follow her to where you get to see her get undressed. That's where the film really earns its R rating at that moment. That's the first time it like really does. And well, actually, doesn't before that isn't there a scene where there's a group of of people. Um, and Vic and Blood steal food from them. Yeah. Yeah, and you just... And what that scene really shows is uh, how savage people are in this post-apocalyptic uh, future. It's a rough world. 
it's a mad, 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 mad world. Um, so the, the, before that scene, they show that. And the one leader, he's not even mad that Vic steals the food. He's just kind of almost proud of it. I, I wanted to see his movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a guy. He's like, aha, go, kid, go. Oh, my guitarist escaped. Right. The fact that he kept a guitarist as right. a slave. <laughs> You know, he had his he had his radio. He had he had it. I he just, had to have something. I I don't know. I, there was something about that guy. I I wanted to know more. Yeah, right. Maybe <laughs> Vic he, will return. He beats one of his slaves to death because they aren't digging fast enough, or he gets he gets angry at one of them, and he just pounds him. And then they show his that person's dead body, like all bloody. As, as no, that Vic, was the that wait that was the one that Vic shot. Mm, well, if he shot him first, he definitely beat somebody a few times. I, I think it's bad continuity was the cause of that confusion. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I saw what you're talking about. But I think you're confused because of the continuity. Oh, okay. So anyway, he goes and he finds the girl, confronts her. It pretty much is ready to do the raping. And can I can I say a quick thing that one of the things I was impressed by with this film was the location of this uh, the whole um, uh, gunfight to protect the rape victim. Um, when when he climbs down, they show that it's it's a school stadium. The fact that they even just bothered to go through the trouble of having it shown that the, with the remnants with the debris was that this high school stadium was used as a uh, shelter for people during the war. Oh, sure. like a kind With of... all the beds out and like the little hospital sign up. And attention to detail like that in a film that was just like, all right, no buildings. It really spoke to something. It, was like, it, it showed that they cared. I, that, that tableau impressed me. I just had to say yeah. that. I mean, I think a film like this could get the, uh, the remake treatment and possibly be... Oh, they're doing it? it? It's in process, but it's one of those shitty little side independent companies. So oh. I, I don't think I don't think anything's going to really happen. Huh. Do, do we know who's doing it? Nobody. The guy with low, low independent, like uh, direct streaming stuff. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's all, but there's no detail. So I think they just own the copyright somehow. I didn't look into it. Okay. Just looking it up real quick, see if it's kind of. Oh, wow. This there. article's from 11 years ago. Yeah, there's nothing there. Jesus Christ. Now, wait a minute. There's something that came out in 2018 called A Boy and His Dog. It, it was the re-release of the movie. And there's, there's like, it's like a documentary about it or something. Oh, it's a three-minute short. I don't even know why. Whatever. Or that. Or that. Doesn't matter. Something like that. Okay. Um, there's also one that came out for the 20th anniversary that was like a mini-doc. Uh, you know, I, you, when you shoot, when you search for just that title, a lot of stuff comes up. Okay. Okay. So anyway, um, they they realize that they've been followed, uh, and they have to try and get their get themselves out of there. Uh, but before that happens, mutually he doesn't rape her; she's consensual about it. And apparently they have sex. So they go. They actually show the dog, and he's sitting on a mattress and. Below them are the two of them. You don't see it having sex, and you just see several times that it just the mattress going up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And nice, very, very um, subtle. Uh, well, I don't know about how subtle it was, but it was like a, it was a nice um, transition of time. 
Right. I, I mean, it, it worked. It, the dog is cute and funny, you know. <laughs> I, I I like the dog, and I I I liked Tim McIntyre's narration. I really I really oh, no. liked it. Yeah, and but it, it, let's now let's be fair too. I just want to underline that it was consensual, but not by design. No, no. Okay, His intention it was, was not, to rape rape her probably several was, times. It was unintentionally consensual. Right. Yep. Well, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be uh my volume three of my memoirs are gonna be called that. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Um. So they they you know without getting into detail because it's unnecessary they do escape they get out, but mm-hmm. she talks to him about going back to where she is from to her people right. which are uh, she keeps saying is you know underground. Mm-hmm. Um, and he keeps saying that he doesn't want to do that at all. Right. So then she she does leave, and Vic wants to follow her. Right. So he he values his freedom to rape as he pleases. Of course. Well, yeah. Because... No, I mean, but yeah, he's 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 a young guy. He wants his freedom. He wants to be able to do what he wants to do, uh, and that that comes into play there. Right. Um, so he talks to, to blood about it and blood basically tells him not to follow her. It's like, don't bother. It's like, what are you doing? Let's just get back to what we do. And, and Vic is just like, nah, you know, kind of following right. his dick a little bit at that point. Um, but he doesn't get the chance cause then she knocks him over the head and escapes. Right. Um, because that's playing hard to get. <laughs> so Vic goes and follows her. And right. Basically leaves blood behind and says he promises to return. Mm-hmm. So, just fast forward. Just oh, we have to, you have to underline that blood has been injured at this point during that fight. Yeah, it was the dog fight that I had mentioned earlier. He's like right. he's got a broken leg and he's all he's all bloody and he's just he's actually pretty messed up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then there's dialogue that goes back and forth, mostly on blood's end to. Vic's character saying, "Listen, I'm not as young as I used to be. I need you to survive. You need me to survive. And if anything happened to you and you die, I'm not. I'm. I'm gonna be sad about it. Like they, right. they go and they deliver that dialogue. Blood well, for- is is would be. Um, he, he would be much like if you really reverse it. When a person loses an animal or a pet, they would be sad. He's just actually uh, saying the same things." But uh, from his end, no, no. So, oh, all right, yeah, but, but I mean, well, I'm just saying because the the, I'm not an, the animal side, dog. obviously, you don't hear. Right. The, yeah. An animal but, loves you as much as you love the animal in most instances. So, and here's a sentence for you. Yeah, it's an important character arc for the dog, <laughs> because you know we spend most of the film where he talks down to Vic. He calls and, him Albert um, for whatever reason. All right. Is that explained in the novella? It, it's it's. It's not. Okay. Uh, it, it is, but it still isn't. And I'll, I'll explain it um, when we start talking about Harlan Ellison. Okay. Um, Does it have anything to do with Albert Einstein? Is he making fun of no. him because he's uneducated? No. Okay. No. No. You. I wish it was that simple. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, but but no, it is because they. So he's always talking down to him and and um, you know pretty much telling him how useless he is without him. And this is where he actually admits, "I'm the one that's dependent on you." Uh, it's right. it's more said than shown, but it's a very dramatic scene, and it, you actually feel something. Yeah. Uh, and and then 
uh, Don Johnson goes into the big dark below. He does. And he goes after the girl. And when he gets there are down, so many strange sentences in just talking about this film. Uh, yeah. So when he finally does get down there, he he sees and realizes that there's like this underground society. Um, I think they're called the committee or something like that. Does, mm-hmm. that, does that sound correct? The community. The, commu- the community. Okay, there you go. Um, and they they dress in whiteface. You know, like they have everything but the 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 the, the British like judges' hair and curls and things like that. Like I don't, yeah, no, I don't understand why they they paint their faces white and they do kind of like the makeup, even on the I, men. I all right, um, I'll, I'll I'll give you a bit. In the novel, they were really just like hicks. Okay. They just wore overalls and flannel, and and they were hayseeds, and they had farms and all that. And what the what the uh, what what uh, TJ, uh, no sorry LQ LQ Jones who uh, wrote the screenplay. Um, Instead of Harlan Ellison, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, uh, I think what he wanted to do is the whole the whole point of the underground is supposed to be um, just mundane existence, like uh, you know, like the, in, in comparison to the young rebels' wild life. This is just yeah, yeah. You sit on the porch and we talk and tell stories. <laughs> That's it. Um, so what I think he tried to do was paint them as less human. And by doing so, so they're they're so made up to be a part of society that they're actually less human because of it. Okay. So I think it's a metaphor creeping into the visuals, which is not unacceptable for sci-fi. No, definitely yeah. not. Um, and so I, I think it's why um, even like it, it was it's supposed to be just like a rural community, but they very make it very plastic looking with the with the um, great and the graveyard is a nice foreshadowing too when he first goes down. It's like yeah, that's a lot of bodies. <laughs> What's going on? I mean, it, it, you know, even though you'd see that in a normal society, it, it does the, the, again the plastic look of it, and so that I think that's why. Okay, I mean, and that makes even more sense when when the the most human looking one among them turns out to be the robot. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, um, the robot. I forget, I forget what they called him. I, um, I have to, I I have to it. look. It's uh... My, Michael. Yeah, it was Michael. My, yeah, uh, was it Michael? Yeah, it was Michael. It was Michael. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he was like a killing machine. Now, in 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 the novella, the the Michael character, technically the person that took John Johnson around, was a giant box with tentacles coming out of it. So, good call. <laughs> a little bit of an upgrade. Yeah, that's like yeah yeah we 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 dodged the Doctor Who bullet there. Yeah right. And oh, and we for, forgot to mention Jason Robards is in this film. He's part of this oh, yeah, uh, community. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting to always see Jason Robards in anything, because you just kind of forget how good of an actor he is. Uh, like when he was in uh, what was he in Once Upon a Time in the West? Um, one of my favorites with him in it, and he just has that. That kind of dry, somber delivery uh, for his acting, and there's it's See, no different in this film. It, he, I he does it the more same from, way. From, I remember more from stuff like uh, uh, "Something Wicked This Way Comes." Speaking of science fiction writers, yes, eighty-three. Uh, I think that one was. I'm not challenging on that. I think it was um, eighty-three. Yeah. So, so what happens is you find out that uh, find out. that uh, Quilla June Holmes, Quilla, uh, actually lured. 
Um, and now in the film, they they kind of make a point that like he was actually the one they were trying to lure down, which makes no sense at all. I think it was a, I think it was done more for visuals than anything else with the the socked feet. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be a cue to you that not everything's as it seems. And I, 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 maybe they needed that to kind of deflect from the whole rapey thing. So I, I'll give them that. Um, in the in the novella, she was just trying to lure any man, but they they lure him down there apparently because uh, locked down uh, in the with a limited uh, and dwindling uh, population, uh, they become sterile after so many generations, and they need new blood. And so he's he's down there to populate. Uh, yes. Yeah, they wanted yes. to, to use him for that. And yes, something wicked this way comes did come out in 1983. Duh, you're the you're the number guy. I'm, I'm gonna, I, I that's try. Why, that's why I didn't even question you. I was like, okay. Well, I questioned I questioned myself. I was I was pretty sure, but I needed to look it up anyway. Uh-huh. Um, so Quilla basically she asks him. By the way, because they sentence her to what's stupid called. Name. Yes, it is. They sent her, sentence her to what's called the farm. Right. Um, so, w- whenever they whenever they sentence somebody to death, they fake a farm accident. Right. And and, and so they call, call it sending them to the farm. Right. So she asks Vic to uh, to kill, um, like the, th- the the three main community leaders. Uh, so that she can not be sentenced to death or go to the farm. Right. And now he helps it, her out. Okay. Another little thing. Yeah. Um, in the book, I'm not sure if they actually say it here <clears throat> or imply it in the film. I didn't really catch it. Um, might, they might have kind of implied it with, with Robards, but I don't think they did enough of it. But one of them is supposed to be her father. Uh... In the, in the book, it was. In the book, one of the, the main guys involved there, one of those three guys, was her father. In this, they leave it open. I kind of I, I, get the feeling if I had to make a prediction, it would probably be Robards because he's the one that actually sentences her to the farm. Right, so that should have more... It should have... Right. Yeah. It, 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 if, you know, it, it has more meaning if the person sentenc- sentencing you away is your blood. Mm-hmm. We'll talk a little more about that later on. <laughs> okay. I, I, once we get to Harlan Ellison, I've got I got a prepared thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Not prepared, but I but I know well, what we're I almost say. we're almost there. We're almost near the end of this film. Well, let's let's point out the fact that they they announced to Don Johnson that um you will uh you are going to help us repopulate, and he's like, oh, you want me to knock your broads up? <laughs> Everybody, you you first, get in line. Great, you know it it, it played great with me. I actually laughed. Yeah, and. Uh, and then they 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 all laugh and they reveal that what they actually want to do is hook them up to a milk milking machine and suck them dry of semen and then artificially inseminate all the girls, but just to keep it legit, he has to marry them all before they they kill them. Right. <laughs> so that while they're sucking semen out of them, it's a great visual as far as I I think it's one of the things that sets the film. It's one of the memorable parts of the film now that I remember right. it again. And then they uh, they clean him first. Um, oh, the bath scene is just yeah. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> Well, at all, I. What I re- I reserve any comment about that whole thing was that was a fever dream. Yeah, well, probably maybe. I, so it, it 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 worked at what it was supposed to do was make the introduction of the community jarring and uncomfortable. Right, you did it. You did it. Ah. Um. So he helps her escape. Does what he needs to do as far as 
uh, people. Oh, you know, Michael or Mike. It was Michael, right? The, Michael. The, the uh, you find out he's an android. Mm-hmm. Um, they. I was leaning that way. Yeah, yeah you could just yeah. tell because of not speaking and uh, just like the the emotionless face and even before don johnson started shooting him i i was tipping that way <laughs> yeah um so they they do make it out of there they make it back to the surface where they find blood the dog starving mm-hmm. to death and still really messed up and quilla pleads with vic to just leave blood He's a goner. Let's let's get out of here. And you could see they did, uh, you know, you could see they did a good job with showing the the thought process of Vic's character, you know, especially when she tells him that she loves him. You could see in that scene that he is going to go with the dog. He he needs the dog more than he needs her. You sense the conflict, yeah. Of course, it's readily there. And then, uh, you know, it it fades to the next scene, or it fades on her actually, and then it fades on her to a roaring fire, with uh, you just hear dialogue between Vic and Blood going back and forth, but you don't hear her, so you 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 become quite aware that Don Johnson. Uh, we're we're giving this away, right? Spoiler alert and all this stuff. It's it's from the seventies. I if you're listening this far, you should know better. Yeah. So spoiler I, not, alert. I apologize. Um, you fast forward a minute or two, uh, if you're listening to this. Uh, no, we're coming back to it. It's a big part of my conversation. We're ruining it. We're ruining it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Never mind. I, <laughs> Never mind. Scott wants to ruin it. I just don't want to lie to anybody. I don't. You don't I don't want to fast forward three minutes and I and I say it twice in like ten seconds. Okay. So. Uh, you don't see it. It doesn't happen on camera, but you because you don't hear from her and you hear the dialogue between Vic and Blood that well, Vic has killed Quilla and is feeding her to the dog. Killed her and cooked her. Exactly. Yeah, because we yes. see the bonfire. Yep. I, it, it, it slowly pulls back from the bonfire. There are tatters of white cloth, which is obviously her dress, right. scattered around. Blood is bandaged up in the scraps from her white dress, and the two of them alone are walking off into the sunset while they're talking. Correct. She is nowhere to be seen. Right. Now, without any dialogue, you could put two to two together. It's not that complicated. No. This ain't ain't Midsummer. Uh, Right. Well, and 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 the fact that— And I know I'm mispronouncing it. I don't care. Midsummer. Midsummer. Yeah, I just don't feel like saying it like that. That's fine. So I— you do what you want. I, um, I'm gonna do what I want. I do what I want. Um, but even if that isn't enough, if you just listen to the dialogue back and forth, Blood tells Vic that she uh, did not have a good sense of uh, what was it? I forget what it was. Sensibility or something like that. And hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's let's just get the. Uh... I'm right. I have the IMD page open, so I didn't think I need it, but I can bring up the actual quote. Hang on. Okay. Because what uh-huh. he says in that quote is pretty much hammers at home that he has eaten her. Well, I'd certainly say she had marvelous judgment, Albert, if not particularly good taste. Exactly. And then the in the and film, then they chuck- 
they just start laughing uncontrollably back and forth, and then uh, they chuckle. Let's be fair. No, this no, isn't well, a no, they, they, well, okay, it's a little more than a chuckle, maybe uncontrollably. I'll meet I, you halfway. Okay, it's a little more than a chuckle, but um, they do have a good laugh about it, and then it, uh, the film, you know, credits roll. <laughs> they share in the merriment. <laughs> All right, it's it's a dark ending. It's very dark because he basically yeah. tells the uh, blood. He's like, it's not my fault that and, she decided to follow me. And let's be honest. It's one of the main reasons the film is remembered. Yes. I'm not saying Don Johnson did a bad job, but it's, he's not why it's remembered. <laughs> it's, it's a novelty that he's in it, but he's not the reason. It's that line is that sells the movie. And, and it's a well-made film, too. I'm not even trashing the film. But right. Let's talk about that ending. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Harlan Ellison. Okay. All right. Harlan Ellison was a very controversial character in that he pissed a lot of people off. You're familiar with with the whole pro-Ellison, anti-Ellison. I want to say yes, but for our audience, just remind them a little bit. (laughs) Well, (laughs) he just, he rubbed people the wrong way. He he, he was very... um, and let's be let's be let's be fair. I, I'm not a I'm not an Ellison expert, but I I have been involved in the in certain sci-fi and uh, fantasy fa- you know communities in, in my developing years, and I read a lot, so I'm familiar enough with him that what I'm saying is mostly accurate. Read a book and figure it out yourself. Um, but he he had a bit of an eagle on him. He's like the opposite sure. of Stephen King. Stephen King, like you know, just does volumes and volumes of stuff. Then he comes out, he's like, ah, I just make cheeseburgers. I'm not, a, you know, how about he comes out in his blue jeans. Ellison pretty much was convinced he was a genius. He's one of those guys. Oh, okay. and he wasn't afraid he, to tell uh, you. He believed his own hype. He believed his own hype, and I'm not saying and some of that was well deserved. Uh, I mean, he 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 did accomplish a lot. Um, but he's been controversial because he's come out on certain stances. He was anti-Vietnam. Uh, which was a big deal as for some reason at some point. And he's he's criticized people and he's uh, he, he's he, he's opinionated, which I don't know what that's like. <laughs> no. And, and, and so he's very adamant that when he has an opinion, it's right. And, it. and in the film world, which is kind of where I know him a bit, too, he like he did he had a very very strongly worded negative review about um blowout because of the misogyny at the end at we're getting to that and um also um he, he had a great review about outland where he, that he just like totally tears it apart because it doesn't make any sense from like a, an actual science background oh really scene by scene he just destroys that film he hated it because it's like it's supposed to be like a really like a real science fiction and nothing makes sense Oh, it, wow. It's a treat. It, it doesn't ruin the, your enjoyment of the film either, but it's just totally. Anyway, he hates it. it, and that's the thing. Like when he he he'd complain about it, but he, you could tell when you read it, he's actually angry. <laughs> and he, uh, the Omen, he he has this whole review where he's in the movie theater and the scene where like the the plate of glass cuts off the guy's head. Spoiler. Um, oh right, head, yeah, I remember that. Like he has this review he talked about it where he stood up in the theater is like, this is an abomination. It's too violent. It's just yeah. Too... So, and and that kind of opinion, mor- morality compa- opinion, it has too comes into play as well. He did not write the screenplay to a boy and his dog. No. Um, from from parts that I've read, 
and they might be leaning to defend him or believe his hype. Um, he, uh, he gave it to the director, LQ Jones, saying uh, with quote-unquote writer's block. So he gave it to him. If you look at Ellison's history, he's written, a, a, and according to him, because he talks about it all the time, he's written many, many un, unfilmed screenplays. Right. Okay. Like iRobot was one of them, was a big one that he wrote and never got made. Um, but it did. That's but that, that by the name, it wasn't was, based on his screenplay. Oh, okay, he was still alive when that. When, it, yeah, when that without, without out, his yeah. involvement. Yeah, right. it wasn't. Um, but he would sue them to put his name in there. He did that with a lot of like RoboCop. He sued them, saying that they ripped off his short story. He he he, he like pulled a um, he pulled a Star Wars on them. Oh, Lucas. Like, yeah, he he pulled a Lucas out of that. My uh, my store story had a robot cop. Your story has a your thing has a robot cop. You ripped me off. So, like, and he he just sued for to have his name in the credits. Wow, you know, um, and I, I think Verhoeven has actually pretty much called him out. Said it was just like a nuisance lawsuit, that kind of bullshit. And he was that's you know these are the reasons that people would piss people would be he would piss people off. One you know the whole thing. So with a boy and a dog, it comes out, and he. He didn't like come out full force. Like he was quoted, and then later, like they would walk back, and he didn't talk about it again. But he didn't like the ending. Well, how was how does it end his, uh, his, in, in the book right. or the novella? His argument and his argument was that it was um, like school schoolyardish, which in my response is it's sci-fi. What's your fucking audience? Right. And and also he said it was misogynistic and cruel. Uh, so okay. All right. How is it written in the novella then? Here's what I want to point out. Okay. The the things that are similar, 100% accurate that with the novella in the movie step in step. Vic likes to rape women. Right. Actively does so. Actively makes his dog find women to rape. Tries to rape a woman and then chases after her after he thinks he fell in love with her, but he was still going to rape her. When he's dragged down to the society in the movie they hook him up to the milking machine. In the film, they were like, no, you're going to fuck all the girls. And he's like, all right, let's do it. The only reason he goes to escape is because he's bored. That he's is, just bored yeah. in the book. He's just like sitting around. He's like, I couldn't take it anymore. I got to get out of there. So, all right. Okay. He's not really being held as wood. He's being held against his will, just per se. But all he has to do is impregnate their women. Right. And he doesn't want to, he wants to escape because he's bored. Uh, his first person he's supposed to impregnate is Quilla. When she, when he, when they get together and decide they're going to leave, they escape first by, he makes her get on the bed. And they allude in the book that her father has sexual interest in her. Oh. Which is probably why they abandoned that for the Robards character. <laughs> yeah. in, in the book, uh, he, he makes her call him, get on the bed, pull up her dress and spread her legs. And then, so the father comes in, sees her, and while he's staring at her, he shoots him in the back of his head, and, and he falls, and his head falls right between her legs. <laughs> okay. All right. Then they escape. Then they escape. Um, uh, she, she opens fire into the crowd, too. She hates him. Um, so let's understand. All of this is in Ellison's book. Okay. 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 At the end... He does kill the woman, disassemble her body, 
roast her over a pit, and feed it to his dog. In the book. In the book. Here's the difference. At the end of the book, I have it set up. I got the last line. Here's how it works. Um, we started off across the blasted wasteland that morning. We'd find another city and make it. We had to move slow because blood was still limping. It took a long time before I stopped hearing her calling in my head, asking me, asking me, do you know what love is? She asked him this after he raped her or tried to. And he says, sure, I know. The boy loves his dog. <laughs> now, that's kind of touching, right? Sure. It's still about a woman he just killed and fed to his dog. <laughs> the only difference is that in the movie, they crack a joke about it. That's right. They, they crack right? a joke about it. Who gives a fuck? And this is where this is where I under I don't agree. I I feel either way about Ellison. He's a writer. I don't give a shit about him as a real life. I never had to have dinner dinner with him, but I understand why some people he irks because of shit like that. Well, yeah. He got up his moral high horse about it, and and also the other thing I think he really hated about the film is one he didn't write it, two it was popular, and three I honestly don't think he he liked the short story that much, but it gained a huge popularity, and I think it's like a taxi driver syndrome where everybody. Um, fell in love with Travis Bickle and Scorsese's like that's not what I fucking wanted <laughs> you're right <laughs> it's the same thing I, I don't it was like it was the actually... opposite is like the opposite of law-abiding citizen where yeah it's like it's <laughs> yeah. like are you telling me I'm not supposed to be rooting for Gerard Butler yeah T tell me I'm wrong because I feel like I'm supposed right. to be rooting for this character so like I think in his mind when he wrote the, the short story the tenderness of the whole ending is supposed to be um, set satir satir satirical, right? Um, and is and, and you're you're making an argument for love, but this is love in the wasteland, and and you know the whole boy and his dog thing. Um, that's what he was going for, I think. So I don't think he actually wanted anybody to like the characters, right? And then so he had fans asking for sequels, and he was like, no. I d he actually did write one sequel. I don't know if it was a comic book or an actual short story because he did some graphic novel stuff too. But there's one sequel that he wrote about it where, um, like, this is him, like, make, apologizing for the movie. Uh, Vic spends the whole thing, like, agonizing over killing the girl, and at the end he commits suicide by a giant, giant radioactive spider. <laughs> um, not, not exaggerating. Um, wow. And, and it is. It's, it's this weird moral high ground he's taking about a book that short story that he wrote. And I, I think part of the problem is he didn't like what happened. And I don't think he wanted it to be read that way. Right. But you're, you're the author. So I think that plays into it, too. And he, let's talk about the ego. I mentioned a boy and his dog, right? Right. As far as, far as I know, I, I could be wrong. The original title was Vic and Blood. Oh, I actually like and that it was, title. And it, right. Um, and it, it, they changed it, maybe because of the film, I'm not sure. I didn't look into history, I don't care. Uh, it, it At one point, it becomes a boy and his dog, because that's kind of the illusion in the st story. Of, you know, the love between a boy and his dog. Sure. The name Arthur. No, Albert. Albert, sorry, Albert. Is a reference to an author. If I said his name now, you wouldn't know who the fuck I'm talking about. I've forgotten it since I read about it. He's an author from, uh, I don't know if he was close to the same time period or earlier, like early 1900s maybe, who wrote books, pr books primarily about boys and their dogs. That's oh. the joke. 
Oh, I can tell you because he mentions the author in the short story. Sorry, novella. It's a short story. It's a long short story, but it's a short story. Um, I can find it because he he mentions the name, and uh, yeah, it's actually the first paragraph of the uh, the whole <laughs> the whole thing. I was out with Blood, my dog. It was his week for annoying me. He kept calling me Albert. He thought that was pretty damn funny. Pace and Terhune. Ha ha. <laughs> Albert, pa- Albert Pace and Terhune wrote a bunch of books about kids and their dogs and about hmm. the relationship. That's the joke. Wow. That's the joke that he explains in your short story and you still don't get it. <laughs> this is the ego on this guy. All right. Okay. He thinks, he thinks that's a reasonable reference. <laughs> I don't. I, I think they kept it in the movie just because it was so well known as the opening. Right. But I think that's why they tried not to explain it. We can explain it, and no one's just still. So why even bother? Yeah, I mean, explaining I think explaining it only Vic's explaining it only raises more questions. Oh, I know. I think Vic's character in the film, he just basically yells at him to stop calling him Albert. Yeah, that's it. If you, it's like it's like Lost. The more answers you get, the more questions you have. You just can't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> you just can't do it. No, so I, I, I just find the whole thing, you know, whenever you get artists like this that complain about their films, I don't know why I did that. I'm sorry, I'm pushing buttons. Um, That's okay. Uh, you know, like uh, Alan Moore, that cock breath. Oh, and it's just, just bullshit about, um, I don't even know why I said cock breath. It just came out. I've, wow. I you know I, what? I don't, Let, let's revisit that for a second. You said cock breath. Yeah, and I really, I don't even know where it came from. I just, I don't even know what that smells like. I... Um, didn't think you did. Oh no! Wait. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, yeah. Whatever these authors complain about the movies that are made of their books when they signed on to them and stuff, I I always just I it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, there's there's always this kind of ego trip. I mean, I think Stephen King does it sometimes, but it's. I mean, how he, he's like I'm a billionaire. What the fuck am I going to complain about? Right. You know, so I think the the closest he ever got to complaining is when he said, "Fuck all this! I'm going to make my own film." And he made Sleepwalkers, and everyone was like, "All right, now shut up, Steve." <laughs> Steve. <laughs> yeah, that was on very recently in the last couple of months, and oh, I was watching I, it. I'm like this. I, I and I was watching it with Mare, and I leaned over to her. I go, "You know, uh, Stephen King wrote this film, right?" And she's like, "He did." I go, "Yeah, they were kind of on his ass about writing something like straight to the screen," Mm-mm. and. He was on their ass. It was after Lawnmower Man came out. He's he like, they're, they're buying my mo- stories, using my name and my title, and then they're just doing shit. And, which he's not wrong. No. I mean, Lawnmower Man was a it was not as bad as Sleepwalkers. <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah. a bad movie. Yes, it was. And he was like, you know, I, I can do this on my own. And he did. You know, and... And Lawnmower Man, when that came out, that was... Um... That was basically just a CGI fest. Uh, it was uh, that kind of CGI was like very 90s, very ninety CGI fest. Very very new to cinema. Um, there was a, a laser disc and a DVD that had come out called uh, uh, "The Mind's Eye" and "Beyond the Mind's Eye." Yeah, I had the first one. Yeah, and they were Did- using scenes from Lawnmower Man in those. Uh, those DVDs and uh, and um, laser discs because of how at the time uh, revolutionary and advanced the CGI the graphics were. No looking. What year was Lawnmower Man? Ninety four. Oh, 
you hurt me. 93? 92. 92? 92. Okay. 92. Yeah, yeah. We're talking early 90s CGI. Yeah, Anybody it, who's played early 90s video games, it's worse than that. Yeah, yes. And as a matter you're right. I should, You know what? I should have known 92 because it came out a year after Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which mm -hmm. with the T-1000, uh, with all the liquid metal and all that stuff, the T-1000, that at the time was considered... Uh, a big deal because it was the first time that they were really truly using special effects graphics in in movies that way and you know i i i kind of agree with stephen king that it was a shit film but then again he had to have known something was up yeah, well yeah the, the short the short story lawnmower they had to get man, the rights to it the short story lawnmower man is the guy hires someone to mow his lawn a big ugly guy right. and the guy who mows the lawn kills him and like spreads his viscera all over the yard that's the short story he sold that they said we want to make a movie and he said okay i'll sell it to you he didn't have follow-up questions he's a writer <laughs> and he, did, he didn't he didn't think how they're going to turn this into a movie he he takes blame for that isn't lawnmower man like the short story isn't it like 50 pages or less no, no, 50. It's like 10. Is it, It's really short, like and really short. I just explained the whole thing. How long could it be? <laughs> I, I I know it was, it had yeah. to be like, there, it was, I think it, I, I was like, I guess 50, but I knew it wasn't more than that. You know what it is? It's literally, the the, the best translation for that would be a robot chicken short. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. It's a, it's a, it's a five, seven page robot chicken short. There you go. That's it. There and he is. sold that. He's like, oh, yeah, we're going to use a lot of CGI and it's going to be great. He, he didn't ask what? No. And, and, it's a, and you know what? For such a short story, let's say it was 10 to 15 pages long, mm -hmm. it's like a two-hour and 20-minute movie. Right. That didn't clue him off? Come on. It's a long-ass film. I'm just saying. So and that's that's my thing. with, And so that's also my thing with, El, with Allison, to go full circle. Excuse me. Is that... It's like these guys, they sell them, and they're like, and he, he, he here's my thing with Allison. This, this, if there's an Allison fan listening, this mm -hmm. will piss you off, and I'm not trying to. If you look at his history of teleplay writing and all that, he wrote tons of stuff for TV. All right? He doesn't, A Boy and His Dog is like his only screenplay film, if he had written it, that was made. Right. He doesn't have many films as far as the writing credits, it's all like based on stuff or he or it's TV stuff. I think he wasn't up to the task of writing a feature length screenplay at that time, or he couldn't figure out how to do it. A short story he didn't originally like, I think, again, this is already after fans are coming out and like, that's why they're making a movie. And he, I, I and from my, my idea is that he didn't really like the short story to begin with. He didn't like what it'd become. He didn't like what fans liked about it. He just didn't want to do it. So he gave it to somebody else and trusted them, and then he's upset. No, dude, you wrote you wrote the rape story. Don't get pissed off because somebody <laughs> else put a different punchline on your rape story. It's right. still a rape story, right? Yeah, no, exactly. I, it's, um, a, it's a it's a good rape story. <laughs> it's no Twilight, but it's a good rape story. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I said that. You did say it. Um, yeah, no, it's... Um, I got some feeling behind this. It's it's interesting that you do mention about how he probably wasn't up to task to write a screenplay. 
and and would never admit it. That's why it was like, oh, I. Well, the block. thing is, it's like there's oh. there are specific ways to write screenplays. I mean, you have to be able to uh, denote when you're writing. It's like this is a, a daytime scene. This is a, an exterior daytime scene. This is the dialogue between these characters, and then you have to transition your screenplay into okay, this is now. Uh, a nighttime scene and then it moves to outside nighttime or moves uh, into like whatever it's like you have to be able to tell this story in a screenplay and he's just used to you know writing the way he normally is accustomed to writing and he probably or, just thought it was or writing more, for television it was, it was too much work yeah or I, I, and again I, I think it was 50 percent um he's more accomplished in writing for television so maybe he had a point where he didn't he didn't and i also i think it's part not being able to, to translate it properly himself and half of it not wanting to translate it himself because in order to do so, he'd have to write out all the stuff he regretted writing. Yeah, you pro you're so, probably right with that. So, but, sure. but instead of instead of just saying that, you, you get this whole, oh, I had writer's block. Oh, your ending is crude. Really? <laughs> that, that's what Bob, as I was watching this film, I had remembered that. As I'm watching all this, I was like, you gotta be fucked. And after having read the short story, it's really, that's what, you really took offense to that. I, mm. yeah, but I was surprised. I liked the film a lot more than I thought it was, based on my memory from it back in the. Um, I probably saw it in the uh, late eighties. Yeah, on, like on, I said, on, I, like third, fourth generation VHS tape. I've never seen it before. Uh, never seen it before, and I have to admit, I actually enjoyed this film quite a bit. Um, I'm gonna keep it. I'm not gonna get rid of it it's gonna stay in my collection i wish i had written it down but he had like he, he, don johnson had some good um insults or or uh, uh um, explosions of profanity right some of them from the short story i think some of them were new most of them were from the short story but there's, there's some great dialogue here in this film too there is especially uh uh between the boy and the dog yeah yeah well, there's a there's a scene where he's talking about the girl Quilla, and what did he say to Blood? He he basically uh, Blood says to him something along the lines of, you know, uh, and you've had her this many times and all that, and he just quips real quick. He's like, yeah, and I want I'm gonna have her a few more, or something <laughs> like that, uh, or something along those lines. He goes, again, yeah, I'm, I like I'm gonna have her a few more times. Again, I liked his response to when they said you're gonna help us, um, you know, impregnate our. He's like, you want me to knock up your broads? All right, let's let's go. You first. Get in line. <laughs> I mean, Don Johnson pulled them off great. I, like, here's one line from the film. I just stumbled upon one that I'm pretty sure I, in the book it's more profanity laden. It's one the guy he's trying to get the guy to move his gun. And again, that's in the book. It's very faithful to the original. There's, most yep. of the stuff, everything they could translate that made sense, they did. And I think that most of the changes were in the underground stuff, and it reasonable why. But um when he tells the guy to move his gun so he's not under the water, uh, I'm not going to look up the quote in the book, but in the movie it was, if my gun picks up one rust spot, you're going to wake up with a crowd around you. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's, oh, it, it reminded me of some of the ones I'm finding in my drag, dragnet montage I'm doing now. Nice. It just, just great stuff like that. I love it. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, Ellison gets under my skin, but in a good and bad way. Um, I which I think that. is, I think it's healthy. You know, I'm not a friend of Ellis. I'm not an enemy of Ellis. I'm just sure. Ellison. So okay. are we at the point where we, uh, rate this thing? Yeah. I was all set until you, you, you started, you know, uh -huh. going on tangents. 
Um, right, right now it's this. Oh, so you go ahead. It's currently at six point five on IMDb, and I, I think it's I think it's actually too good a film to to, to give it a six. I think I would right. go a seven on so, this. So the demographics on this. I, I, before we rate it, I'm just gonna, I was just glancing. I don't we don't do it anymore, but eighteen and under. Uh, there's a total number of uh, how many votes? Sixteen thousand six hundred eighteen votes. Right. Number of them under eighteen. How many? Two. 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 Wow. Two under 18. Uh, the biggest demographic seems to be ages 30 to 44. Hello. Hello. Well, we're, we're, we're a bit over, but. Um, yeah, we're, 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 <laughs> we're firmly in the 45 and over category now, sir. Not me. Not yet. Not till June. Right. Yeah, hold, hold out. Hold out. <laughs> I'm holding. Hey, I'm holding out for as long as I can, I'm, which. I'm turning 27 it, it, again. It is three months. Yeah. <laughs> Three months, I'll be forty-five. Yeah, I'm not talking down the numbers carrying this around. Uh, no, I didn't think so. Um, but I'm sorry. Yeah, but six point five. Honestly, you go ahead. What do you think? I think a seven. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think six would kind of make it just a little bit above average, and I think it's better than that. I, I hate to be shallow. I think the the one thing that would have take that would take it into an eight eight territory would have been a budget. Yeah, and that's not being mean. That's just I no. Mean, it, I mean, it, it yeah, it does a lot for the budget it had. It, it does, I, and for a film I, filmed in 1975, uh, it it's actually it's made very well. It's acted very well. The mm-hmm. dog talking is actually not stupid. It it translates to to uh, to film properly. I think. Uh, I think this is a solid seven. I, I honestly think if they if they did do a modern day remake, they would give it a decently large budget they wouldn't go they wouldn't hit 100 million it'd be like 50 it might maybe, not, depending it, on it might not even be that much they might not need right. it with today's technology but yes you, they will give it a real budget no but what i'm saying is they do 40 or 50 maybe a little more depending if it's tom cruise or not and uh <laughs> okay but sorry um but and you wouldn't have to throw cgi at this all it would mean it was just better uh better set design bigger sets that's all it would be yeah no. and that's the it, and no CGI I think, required for this at all. And and if you remake it, keep this a fucking ending. Fuck Ellison's half-assed ending. Oh you, yeah, definitely. I read this. Oh, you, you want to hear the ultimate thing that really annoys me about the whole this whole thing? I got to in in the cop version of a boy and a dog that I have. At the end of it, after the short story, he has uh, when they give the history of blood. He he explains how there were two other breeds that were might uh, there was four other breeds that were mainly used in the military's uh, mind psi experiment with, with dogs to give them the ability to talk with humans. Right. And uh, his his mother and father were two of those breeds, and he was the offspring. And one of them was called Abu A B H U. So it turns out that Ellison put that in the story because that was the name of his dog. And there's like a what five six page uh thing at the end where he talks about when his dog abu died and how oh. emotional it was now i'm not a, i'm not a macho uh alpha bullshit person i i cry at coffee commercials i i get it but <laughs> this this is very like self-obsessed this is like a facebook post someone would do or you know when they're looking yeah. for attention sure yeah it's like it's like dude yeah i had a pet that died too move on it, it's well written, it's nice and everything and, and just about how he loved that dog and I just keep thinking, alright, so 
you got the rapist short story that ends with killing the woman, right? And ki- killing her and murdering her and and cooking her and eating her possibly at least feeding her to your dog. And after that, he's like, but you know, let's get all serious now. I love my dog. <laughs> it's like, all right, I get that. But this is right after you killed the woman, and you're going to launch into the whole sob story about you. It just it just seems it's just too soon for me. That's all I'm saying. Well, too soon. That's all I'm saying. Too soon. I get it. I get it. Yeah. All right. So I rated it seven. I agree with you. Perfect. I think it's definitely. I I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would. I think this is, this is really is. I could say this film deserves the cult following it has. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and the fact that Ellison in some way probably didn't like the fact it had a cult following makes me enjoy it that much more. <laughs> you know. All Just right. Get used. To it. Now, so do you have a challenge for me? Yes, I do. Okay. Now, I'm challenging you to a film that I'm going to be just as verbal about, just as loquacious about, okay. and just so, as passionate about. So let me ask you this then. Yes. Are we moving to 1976, or are we staying in 1975? We are staying in 1975. I think there are a couple of genres, a few genres that we haven't touched on yet, okay. that I think are important for this decade and for this year. Um, this, is, this is a film, obviously, we never reviewed. Okay. But this is a film that I have mentioned before. And um, this is a film that I will be speaking passionately about because I have a very, very, very opinionated view of the artist behind it. Ooh. Should I even try and guess this? Can I have a hint? Um, can you have a hint? Hmm. All right. We're going to horror. This is an Argento film. Wow. <laughs> is, this, is it Suspiria? No. No. Different year. Wait. Opera? No. What, what came out in 75? Profondo Rosso. Deep Red. Ah, Deep Red. This is a film I've mentioned in the past as being the closest Argento ever got to writing a real screenplay. Okay. Um, and uh, now, so Joey. Yes. There are a minimum of two different versions of this film. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I have two versions. I have um, the, thea- the, the uh, I'm not sure if you can call it the theatrical cut, but it's the foreign cut. This is the cut like America got and all this stuff. Okay. All right. It's the main cut. The other cut is the director's cut. And we're reviewing? It's your, I'm going to talk about both regardless. Okay. So it's your call. I can, I can promise you um, I feel like you should watch the director's cut. Okay. I'm going to so try and watch both because if you're going to talk about both, I'm going to do my best to try and watch both. Right. If, if you watch my copies, here's what I did. And it was just totally accidental, but here's the great thing about it. Okay. I got two very good copies. Uh, I watched the shorter version first. Okay. All right. I wanted to see what, you know, as is. That one's about, I think it's an hour and 40. Okay. And um, after that, and I watched it dubbed. Whatever. Oh. I, I didn't. I, I didn't even think to look for subtitles. I was. I, I was just. I was more focused on the visuals, really. So I didn't care about the language. Um. The oh director's cut. Yeah, that I have two different runtimes on this. Right. The director's cut is around two hours. It's two hours and seven minutes. Right. Um. The one copy I have 
has the um, dubbing, but not for the deleted scenes from the other version. Oh, jeez. Okay. So when you, no, the reason I'm saying this is because so when you're watching for for I'd say ninety ninety five percent of the cuts when you're watching and something is taken out that is in there, you know because they're speaking Italian all of a sudden. Okay. <laughs> so it kind of, again, there's not all the scenes have dialogue, but the majority of them do. Right. So it really kind of hammers home sometimes that, oh, this is a part I'm not supposed to be watching now. Got it. Okay. Um, I I watched both one after the other. I, I, would, I would recommend it because I know you're as psychotic as I am about these things. Yes, definitely. Um, uh, I've already watched both of them. I already have notes I've got. <laughs> yeah, I think you <laughs> even told me you have a slideshow ready to go. I found it like like that weekend after we recorded. It's like, oh, I just got to start watching this now. And I and I got the slides. I um I watched both versions. I was doing my research. I, I dug down my old books off the shelf that have the like the Argento summaries and like their own little twisted uh, criticisms. Oh my I, God. I'm just I'm, I'm I'm psyched about this. It was very interesting watching both versions. So I, uh, and, I'm just gonna prepare our audience for me not talking much this up ep- that episode. <laughs> I f- listen. If you are this well prepared, there is no way I'm going to be. Okay? I'm not going to hog the show, though. It's you fine. You make it sound. You make me sound like a greedy egomaniac. No, no. I'm just saying, if you are this well prepared for it, I'm going to let you go, let you run. That's what I'm basically saying. And let me let me preface this by saying, if you like Argento, you'll agree with a lot with a lot I say. And if you don't like Argento, you're going to agree with a lot I say. Okay. I, I think both I think both points of view are very valid with this kind of art. Um but it's it's <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. And I'm right. looking forward to talking to you about it. I really am. All right. Well we're You've gonna never do seen that. it, right? I've never seen it. Yeah, because I rewatched it. I'd watched it um, again it's, again, eighties, third it's generation. One of the copy. few Argento films that I've never gotten around to watching. It's oddly enough, it's like if like if you do a YouTube search for People like people reviewing the original Suspiria, right. uh, or or um, which by the or, way, I tried to watch the remake, uh, over brilliant. last weekend. And well, here's the thing before we end the show, and you know, we 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 exit out. So, um, I had the house to myself, Mare was doing a sleepover, uh, uh, at her, her girlfriend's house, and what. It's three hours long. Uh, two and a half. Two and a half. <laughs> it, it's three hours long. But anyway, but that's not. But that's not where I'm going with it, actually. So, uh, I was like, you know what? I have time. I'm gonna watch this movie. It's probably like around eight thirty, nine o'clock. I start watching the film. I turn it off fifteen minutes later, not because I wasn't enjoying it, but because I knew that I wasn't going to give it the attention that it deserved. Because, yeah, right? because I'm like, you know what? I am not in the right mindset for this. I was like, I need something a little bit more, um, little, a, a, a little less involved. I've, I've got films I'm like years behind. And whenever I get around to it, I'm like, you know what? This is not the right time for this film. And that's, it, how, that's how I was. I tried watching it. I was like, you know what? This is not the time or the place. I need, I'm not invested. And I know that I'm neat. I'm go- when I saw the camera work that was happening in the film, mm-hmm. um, like the the one shot where she walks in and then the camera pans all the way back, like it felt like it went back like thirty feet. 
mm-hmm. was like, you know what? He's going for something here. Because it's- then when they follow her, uh, like she starts walking and then they zoom in on certain photos. And I'm like, you know what? I, I can't. I'm, I'm just not in the right mindset. And he's doing this it's- for a reason. And I am not going to give it the attention it deserves. I'm going to do it's, it a different time. It's very, very cliche, but it's one of those jaw-dropping films where I literally, my jaw literally dropped during scenes. I was like, oh, yeah, not even oh, just yeah. I, and it, so it, it, yeah, it sounds stupid, but it happens. It's a and, natural and, instinct. And um, I felt that while I was starting to watch it, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this a different time. Deep Red is similar, except. Instead of going, oh, you'd be like, the fuck is that? <laughs> okay. And and it's usually intentional, but sometimes even when it is intentional, it still doesn't work. Got I, it. I don't want to get into my thumb. But uh, yeah, I've already got slides for you for that. I, if, if if I if I have the time, I want to do an opening to movie Sucktastic just with clips from Deep Red. Oh really? I'm not sure if I can do it, but I've I've been mulling it over. And I'll if, send if I you. Can... Uh, I got to send you the theme music anyway because you're working on an opening for us already. By, by let me say by next episode we will have a new better looking opening, no matter what, whether it's the deep red one or just the new one I'm working on. Awesome. That's to be decided. Awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure and send you the. Uh, I, I'm hoping that I am not busy tomorrow at all because I have all of the. Uh, or most of the podcast edited into MP3 and ready to be Ooh, uploaded on the iTunes. Nice. So I know I'm really far behind, and uh, I'm hoping I'm, up. I'm not very busy tomorrow. And I'm gonna do that first thing Dude, in the morning. We're alive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I I have water and electricity. It's a beautiful world. That is yes, yes it is. All right, let's go ahead and end the show here. Let me queue okay. up uh, our exiting Muzak. That should still work, I hope. So many sound problems. Oh my God, I had to reinstall my operating system. It's just... Uh, and then I'm also on the fence about buying real equipment. It's like, uh, you know, I don't know. This kind of works just fine. Whatever. If, if my annual bonus is big enough, I'll get a green screen. Not that I need one. I don't think I mean, you need it. I mean, that does yeah, the right? same thing. I'll get, I'll get like a nice looking background or something. Okay. I don't All know. right. You can go to our website at moviesucktastic.com. Yes, I know it's fucking broken. But if you run, if you go into your browser and you Joey's allow... Joey's going to fix it tomorrow. Tomorrow it's happening. Uh, if, you, if you just allow Flash, the website works perfectly fine. But I am going to be redesigning it. And I promise it will be this year. <laughs> Giving myself nine months. <laughs> Um, you can go to Facebook uh, at facebook.com slash moviesucktastic and you can go uh, visit all our show stuff there as well. You can go to iTunes and you can download and listen to the show there. You can literally just do a search for Movie Suctastic and you can listen to the show about 20 or 30 different ways. Um, you can go to our YouTube page and you can watch this, this live stream, which I thought was fixed, but apparently is not. I mean, I set up the software that I use for this and clicked stream went to the page and it was streaming so i don't understand what's not working what the actual fuck unless i'm looking in the wrong spot no you're not because i went to the page and the the, the live stream section didn't have even like the preview 
So, and I have it set up, like I have all the parameters set up so that all I have to do is fill in the title of the film we're reviewing and um, like the um, the search feature. It just, I have a whole thing written up, like ready to, I don't understand why it's not working. I really don't. But I have the videos, they will just get uploaded manually. Anyway, you can leave us voicemail at 908-514-4478. I can't believe I even remember that number. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you can do that. You can leave us email. The address is themovieguys at moviesfantastic.com. Whatever. Suggest a, a bad film for us to review, and we'll probably do it. Oh, yeah. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. This Hang on. I have words of wisdom. Scott, Mr. Wilson... Do you have any words of wisdom? Yes. If you're gonna rape, bring a dog. Always. Never. Always. Sure. That's ridiculous. Why would I bring my dog? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a rapist. I don't know how these things work. Well, that's good to know. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. 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 Happy trails to you. <laughs> Gonna feed you to my dog. <laughs>